Welcome to Chicagoland Parenting Stories. I am your host, Lisa Zimmerman. Let's get started with today's parenting story. Welcome back to Chicagoland Parenting Stories. Our guest today is Dr. Cindy Rubin. Dr. Rubin is an international board-certified IBC lactation consultant, and she is a breastfeeding medicine doctor. She is the owner of InTouch Pediatrics, and she serves the western suburbs of Chicago. Welcome, Dr. Rubin. Hey, happy to be here. Can you please uh, repeat the names and, or if you're not comfortable with that, just the ages of your children? So my kids are Elliot, who is 11 years old, and Mara, who is nine. Okay. And if you had to describe your parenting style, what would it be? Oh, it would be um, figuring out things as I go. <laughs> so kind of on the fly? Yes, on the fly. <laughs> and trying to learn from my mistakes. Okay. Well, that sounds a little bit tricky. Without yes. disclosing your age, which generation are you a part of? Gen X. Gen X. Okay. And would you describe how you are parenting your children now similar or different than how you were parented? I, my parents were very supportive, um, though also firm. Um, and I think that I am similar, but I think my children are very different personalities than my parents had to deal with. <laughs> so in that sense, I feel like I actually am parenting pretty differently to um, to better parent my children's personalities, if that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely does make sense. It's also the times are a lot different too. You yeah. know, when I think about like, I don't think there's been an easy time ever to be a parent. Like I used to say to clients, like, you know, imagine if you were going through like, you know, World War II or the Great Depression or, you know, the Vietnam era or whatever, but there's an awful lot of information that makes us like, question ourselves so much more, but also like there are true safety concerns for our children almost all times. Right. Right. And that's what makes it really hard. Yeah. It's hard to not be that helicopter parent. Right. If that's not what you're looking for. Right. Right. For sure. For sure. Cause you want them to be independent. You want them to figure out how to adult, but then it's like, but I also need to keep you safe. Right. Right. It's very difficult. Yeah. Can you describe the work that you do for those that may not understand help you, how you help new families specifically, let's say like in the realm of the breastfeeding medicine doctor. Cause I think that that's something that people probably aren't as familiar with. For sure. Uh, and hopefully we'll become more familiar over time. So breastfeeding medicine is a specialty that it can be pediatricians. It can be OB-GYNs, family practice, surgeons even. Um, but what we do is practice medicine geared around breastfeeding. So we can do the things that physicians need to do to both promote, but also um, troubleshoot breastfeeding problems that require physician involvement. So um, many of us are IBCLCs as well. And we can do those, you know, the, the education and the counseling 
Um, but sometimes IBCLCs will find themselves with a patient who has a problem that requires physician evaluation, treatment, management. And unfortunately, traditionally, physicians have not gotten good good training during our medical school and residency. And the physicians who are on the front line for those patients who need help don't really know what to do and don't know the evidence necessarily and don't have the time that is necessary to really delve into the breastfeeding problems. And so breastfeeding medicine doctors fill that void really. Um, and we are available to see patients who are maybe more complicated, um, aren't getting better with the traditional things that IBCLCs can do wonderfully, <laughs> um, um, but they just need that extra evaluation, management needs somebody to prescribe something, need um, labs to be done to work up a problem. And these um, and, and we often see people who really feel like they have not been listened to by the medical field um, because of, unfortunately, this lack of, of training. Yeah. So more of us are becoming trained. I can totally see that. What is your favorite thing about being a breastfeeding medicine doctor then? I... I do home visits and virtual visits, and I really love being able to figure out how to help somebody in the context of their world. <laughs> I like being able to go into the home and, you know, when we're struggling with, let's say, nipple pain um, that is not going away and it's related to latch to be able to see, well, where are you breastfeeding your child and what kinds of pillows are you using and this, that, and the other thing. And to really navigate the problem in the context of where they live physically. And I can delve further into where they are emotionally and socially and all of the components that go into um, breastfeeding, which is very difficult to do for a traditional physician in the 15 minute appointment model. And I, I love being able to do that. Yeah. That time crunch is such a difference when you are in the home because, you know, you don't have unlimited time. You obviously still have to stay within what the insurance is going to let you do, but it is nice to see like the pictures on the wall from their wedding and see this person who's falling in part in front of you and see like, this is who they really are, right? you know, right. and try to reinforce that. Yeah. What is your biggest challenge then with being a breastfeeding medicine doctor? Actually, it's funny. It probably is that time <laughs> um, crunch because despite the fact I am outside the insurance system and so I'm not limited and I tend to spend a lot of time. Um, so really my challenge is trying to, um, to still maintain kind of my, my work-life balance, I'd say, mm. and figure out how to spend the time that I want to with my patients, but also not having not your downtime too. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny, like the longer I've been doing this podcast, I feel like that's been a common thread through all the providers, except for maybe the mental health providers who obviously have that built into the framework of their pr profession, you know, but right. it's very hard when you have the really hard cases to then just shut it off for the next case or to come home to your own child that, you know, whatever. I mean, I remember there was, you know, 
one day that I had like 5% left of my reserve of energy that day to literally get through dinner, bath, bedtime. And then, you know, my son was like, mom, did you know that Martin Luther King was shot in a hotel balcony? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Now we're going to talk about political assassination. There goes my 5%. <laughs> you know, and then you got to pull it out of somewhere, but it is really hard to do that. Yeah, it is. It is. Did you always want to be a parent? I did, actually. I remember, actually, when I, at my baby shower for my first kiddo, my mom took a picture. She had a little collage of a picture of me at that point in my pregnancy standing, you know, to the side so you could see my baby bump and me as a probably maybe seven year old, similarly standing to the side (laughs) with a big ball under my nightgown showing off my baby bump. So I did, I I always wanted to be a parent and I'm so lucky that I have been able to finally experience that. Yeah. You had friendships when your children were babies. How important are those to you now? And do you still keep in touch? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I feel like when my kids were babies, I actually was more in touch with some of my childhood long-term friends um, who had had kids previously and were very empathetic (laughs) to what I was going through. Um, Whereas I didn't really find that I made a lot of new mom friends until my kids kind of hit preschool and kindergarten. I think Mm -hmm. that's when it happens a lot. Birthday parties. Right. (laughs) Birthday parties and picking up on the playground. And yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I always loved that. My husband dreaded it and I'd be like, okay, well, that's fine. Cause I'm going to go talk to everybody, you know, and and I wouldn't (laughs) talk to everybody, but I just wanted to, I knew that that was that was the way to get to know people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that that window was going to shut abruptly when the, when the pandemic happened, oh, yeah. but I'm so glad I had the time to do that when I did. Right. Right. And really took advantage of it and did just blow it off. Yeah. What do you see as the biggest trend in parenting right now? I do think we already touched on it, but the kind of the helicopter parenting, um, I think it is, really hard these days not to parent with some of that. But I think that people are also noticing that more and trying to figure out ways to um, to raise adults, right? There's a lot of books out there about raising adults. And, and I think that that, I think no matter what, we're all going to use a lot of different parenting styles at different times. And I find I have never found like the one book that fits everything perfectly. And so I think there is a time for helicoptering and then there's a time for bringing up your adults. And so picking out the pieces that work for you um, are really important. But generally it's like, the balance of both of those things, I think, is high on people's minds. Well, I really like what you had to say earlier, too, about, you know, you wind up parenting the child you have. So a lot of it comes on personality, too. Right. Absolutely. Because yeah. you can have the super responsible kid all the way through to the kid who will never remember anything. Right. And then everything in between, you know, in terms of how they interact with other people and things like that. 
What have your children taught you the most about being a parent? It is hard. (laughs) (laughs) There are no days off unless you're literally on vacation without your children. Well, it's funny because I was a pediatrician before I was a parent and, you know, looking back, I can't believe some of the things that I said to parents, you know, just thinking, well, it can't be that hard. It is hard. It's really, really hard. Um, It's hard to balance yourself. It's hard to stay calm in those moments when your kids are not staying calm. Um, It's hard to just know what to do in those different stages of life. Even being a pediatrician, you know, I I wasn't necessarily taught parenting. And so, and that's why I say, you know, figuring it out as I go, because you just, you can't really know what's going to come up. You can't anticipate all of those things. And every time you think you've got it figured out, something new comes along. So I think that that is what they have done. They've done a very good job of teaching me how hard it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because I feel like there's a lot of times that I say to people like, well, that is a parenting decision. Like, yeah. you know, I can tell you what I think personally, and I can tell you what you're supposed to do from a professional standpoint, but when it comes down to it, there's going to be a lot of times you just have to do what's right for your family. Yes. And, you know, and when you're holding a newborn, you're like, well, this doesn't even feel like a family yet. All this feels is, you know, just drama, right? You know, but it's like, but also getting them to understand that, like, at some point, there are choices you make, and every family looks a little bit different. And it's not going to be quite the same. And it's so funny, because I feel the same way. Like, I was a pediatric nurse and a postpartum nurse before I had a child. And it was like, when I went back to work, I was just a hot mess, because I was so afraid to tell people things. But then I also realized that, like, now when I hear some of the advice, that come from people that aren't like breastfeeding experts where it's like, okay, well just, you know, feed the baby. And then every single time pump, and then every single time do this. <laughs> and I'm just like, wait, what, what is our end goal here? Yes. We want the milk to come in, but do we want to create an oversupply for this person? Cause she is going to be miserable. Can we not just allow them to have a cup of coffee and a shower and breakfast that's warm? I mean, it's the little things that you don't realize. Like if you're telling people, you know, if it becomes too labor intensive, then they're missing out on all the little joys of life and just loving their baby. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it's like, and then that's when, you know, we have to do, you know, then we have to balance our training with our ethics, with, you know, our personality too, of just being like, you know, it's okay to take one feeding off if you need to sleep because you are literally about to start hallucinating. (laughs) I would rather have you not fall this down the stairs holding your baby and rest, you know, but it's like, it's, it's hard to be the person, you know, that can say that, but then it's also hard for them to let themselves do that. And that's what I find so disappointing. Yeah. I, I think it really is our job as breastfeeding professionals and supporters to make it okay to take a step back. Or to know when things aren't safe. Right. right. You know, like if I'm like, well, I need you to eat, you know, around, like I usually say, like, try to have a snack at night. And I'll just say like, well, I just don't want you to eat dinner. And then you have the mother of all mornings. And now you haven't eaten until lunchtime. And now I have to worry about you dropping the baby or you falling. 
especially the women that have like all that swelling postpartum, they can barely walk as it is. They're hobbling. Now they're holding the baby and they haven't eaten, (laughs) but they're still making milk 24 seven, right? (laughs) They're up 24 seven. And it's like, and it's so funny because some of it sounds like such common sense, but you're not in a space of rational thinking. Oh, not at all. Not at all. And unfortunately our society puts so much focus on the baby that it's really easy for moms to forget to take care of themselves. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like part of our self, part of our plan, like has self-care. So it's like, do this for the feeding. Let's do this for bonding and for you. And you can always tell they're like, I get part of the plan. And it's like, right. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> none yeah. of this is going to work without you being up and running, you know? Um. So for our final question, what is your biggest piece of parenting advice to share with new parents? So this actually comes from my husband. So it's funny, you know, I was mentioning the books and and all of that, that can help you to kind of figure out how to navigate parenthood. And I was um, at one point sleep training my son and I'm not like, I'm not judgmental either way in terms of sleep training. It is for some people and some people it's just not the, not what they want to do. And that's fine. And I support it either way. Um, but for me, I was trying out sleep training. I was using the Ferber method and I, there was one particular night, you know, we were like four or five nights in and, um, my son was just going on longer than you, you know, instead of it shortening for whatever reason this night, everything was taking longer. And my husband was like, I think we need to go in. Like, I think, I think we need to stop this for the night. And I was so upset with him and, you know, me and my type A perfection personality, um, I felt like we had to do it the way, the way it said it in the book. And if we went in now, we were going to mess up everything that we'd already done for the last however many days. And at some point, um, my husband said, you know, sometimes you just have to put down the book and be a parent. Oh, wow. I know. I know. I would have been like stake through the heart. Oh my gosh. Me in my place. Exactly. How dare you criticize me as a pediatrician? (laughs) He was so right. You know, I was listening to all of these things that in that moment didn't make sense anymore. And I was having trouble, you know, moving from one you know, one thought process to another and being more flexible in my parenting. And, um, and in fact, we did like, I don't remember which of us, but one of us went in there, picked him up. Eventually he went to bed that night. And the next night was like a thousand times better. It's not like we had to go back to, to start from scratch again. It didn't mess up everything we had done. And in fact, it, probably helped the process. So, you know, sometimes you just do have to kind of go with your gut instinct and you you can't, you can always change things moving forward, depending on the situation and tweak things when they're not feeling right and um, get advice from other people and get advice from other books, but use it in the way that makes sense for you. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think another thing that's really important too, is kind of like, if you're going to read the books, you know, what about just child development 
And just like what is normal at the age of two versus four versus seven versus 11, right? And like, how are they exerting independence or using more high level thinking or rationality or, or whatever it is, as opposed to them feeling like, you know, they're actually against you, like they're working right. against you. Right. You know, and this is me even giving myself my own advice because my son just started <laughs> middle school and it's been very tough. And so like, you know, but, but just being like, okay, but like developmentally, this is what he's supposed to do. And this is what we want him to do. And we would be super concerned if he was not doing this. Right. It's not fun, but right. we would be super concerned. Right. You know, so I feel like I, I, I wish that there was more emphasis sometimes just on garden variety, childhood development, instead of the parenting plan that's going to make everything work for every child, because it's really like you can see the nuances within it all. Right. That's why that Touch Points by Brazelton is mm -hmm. a really good book for new parents, because it really does focus on the development, developmental milestones. Um, instead of putting out a prescribed way of, of parenting. I think it's really helpful in that. I'm going to make sure I put that in the show notes for yeah. our guests. Yeah. It's really just because it might be something if they're like, why are you talking about this? But let's just have right. like some type yeah. of a, you know. Well, we're out of time. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 20 of Chicagoland Parenting Stories. And thank you to our guest, Dr. Cindy Rubin of In Touch Pediatrics. Thank you so much, Dr. Rubin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Have a great day.